Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in Luke chapter number 15. And if you're a guest with us here today, may the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you, as Brother Todd mentioned earlier. Please let us know if we can help you in any way, share with you any information about our church. We're honored to have you here during these July days. People traveling in and out, we're glad you're here. Pray for our people as they travel back and forth and uh, we'll look forward to the days when we're all together again after the summer times. Luke chapter 15, we've been here now for a number of days, a number of weeks. And we're looking these days together at the everyday stories of Jesus. Wherever the Lord Jesus went while he was on the earth, he would teach the truths of God's word. He would teach all of those things about how to be saved, how to grow, how to live for God in the world. The best way he could illustrate it is by telling stories. So these are called parables. The word parable means to throw it beside. It's the idea of here's a truth and here's a story to go with this idea. Stories always stick with us. They always last. We've already read and seen the story of the shepherd who went after the lost sheep. In chapter 15, we've seen the story of the woman who lost a coin and she carefully searched until she found the coin. And now we come to probably one of the most famous places in the Bible. Most people know, even people who don't go to church, they know and are aware of this story called sometimes the prodigal son. It is the, the rebellious son who went away from his family and uh, refused to be a part of the family. Prodigal son. So we'll pick up here and read this today as we continue uh, to think about these everyday stories of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is seeking to answer uh, by these three stories the criticism of these people who wanted to say about him that he was sitting and associating with sinners and eating with them. So I'll read verses 1 and 2 and then jump over to verse 11. Keep your Bibles open today. We'll be looking at several things. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse number 1. Now all the tax collectors and sinners, that is the non-practicing Jews, were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now verse 11. And he said... A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country. And he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said, that is the father said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has be begun to live and was lost and has been found. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. We thank you for the opportunity to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you that you save us by your grace. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to go and to tell others about the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ so that they might repent of their sins and be saved. We pray, Lord, today for those who are orphaned and those who are foster children all across the state of Tennessee, around the world, places where there is no help for them. You are the father to the fatherless. You will care for them. You will help them. And we will stand to do our part at First Baptist Church. Show us what you'd have us do uh, as we minister to these and we minister and care for the least of these around us in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, give us just a little while where we have no distraction, just a little while. May we hear this story all together new today. Many of us have grown up hearing this story. We've heard it hundreds and hundreds of times. Heavenly Father, forgive us for our neglect. Forgive us for overlooking these things. For there are great truths that you've given to us, Lord Jesus, in these words. So may we come to understand them better today so that we might glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focal truth is this today, and I'm going to ask you to be very careful in reading and paying attention to both this focal truth and the observations I'll give in just a moment. Uh, I'm trying to tie together for us what is a very familiar story to us. 
we have here in this chapter, first of all, Jesus attending a meal with sinners and tax collectors. I've never been to a meal that was a calm, quiet, silent place. It gets louder as the people eat. The volume goes up. People are, are, are eating and they're laughing and they're speaking to one another. There's merriment. There's joy. Perhaps in some places, if you go to a banquet, there's music being played and you have laughter and you have celebration. So here we read in verse number one, these tax collectors, these sinners were, they didn't go to the synagogue. They didn't go to church. In Jesus' day. They didn't go to the temple. Except maybe if they were assigned to collect taxes up there. They didn't go. They weren't church going people. And now we see this amazing thing. With, they were coming to listen to Jesus. Our Lord. But these religious leaders. Uh, they were grumbling. And they were saying. And this was the accusation. This man receives. That is he accepts. He associates with sinners and eats with them. He associates with non-religious people. This was the criticism of our Lord. So the Lord tells these three stories. This, the, the, Luke 15 is not found in, in this particular way, any other, any other place in God's Word. It's in about the center of Luke's Gospel. It is the Gospel within the Gospel, we sometimes call it. These three stories relate to us what it means for a sinner to be sought after in their lostness and to be saved out of their lostness and then for celebration to take place. So the Lord was associating with sinners and while he was eating and associating with them, he was seeking them in their lostness. He was seeking to save those who were lost and he would celebrate. I have in my own imagination perhaps this meal was a celebration of those sinners and tax gatherers. We read it many places in the Gospels that they followed Jesus. They became disciples. Perhaps this was one of those meals. Celebrating, celebrating those tax collectors and those who were non-practicing Jews who now were following Jesus. Celebration, music, happiness, laughter, all of this going on. So you see from this story, we learn something about the Lord Jesus. This is what he's trying to say. Why do I do this? And he tells the story of this wandering son. He tells the story of this lost son, this rebellious son that reveals, now this is important, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ towards sinners, whether they've repented or not. Now, my focal truth is this, that repentant sinners produce heavenly praise because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something happening in Luke 15 that reminds us of what happens when we share the gospel. You see, there are things happening in heaven while we share the gospel. There are things that occur as a result of people, sinners, just like us, who repent of our sins and come to, to know the Lord. In fact, go back. Luke 15, verse 7, when the shepherd found the sheep, verse 6, he said to his friends, rejoice with me. I have found the sheep which was lost. Verse 7, now here it is. This is the Lord. Now this is important. This is a very important point for us as we consider these words in Luke 15. I tell you that in the same way, just like a shepherd finding a sheep and rejoicing in finding the sheep, there will be... 
More joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Something happens in heaven as a result of sinners repenting. And sinners can repent, I submit to you, only by the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So you look in verse number 10. The woman, she searched carefully for this coin. And she says in verse 9, rejoice with me. I found the coin. And then verse 10, in the same way. Here the Lord says it again now. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. While sinners are repenting on earth because of the grace of God, heaven is happy and rejoicing. What happens with repentant sinners, what happens with the gospel has an impact in heaven. You see, this is such an important thing for us to know. While we're seeking and searching and being God's rescue, uh, rescue and, and uh, you know, seeking and searching committee and all the rest, whatever you want to call us, the search and rescue team, heaven rejoices as those who come to know Jesus repent of their sins. So I have three observations from the story. I'm just going to take the story and break it into some parts and give it to you. And I've given you the verses there and I won't retell the story, but just comment on it for a few moments as we're thinking about this together. Now, please pay attention because my words are, I've chosen my words very carefully and they're not the same. Each observation is different from the previous one because that's the way the story I'm, I'm trying to illustrate the observation of the progress of this story of a son who was in lostness and rebellion against his father who ended up repenting and coming home and reconciling to his father. This, re this reveals to us the most significant thing that all of us need to know today and all the people we share with who are lost sinners, the grace of God. For by grace are you Saved. For by grace were you saved. You didn't save yourself. You couldn't earn salvation. You can't do enough good to gain it. You are saved by the grace of God shown through our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. And when we understand that and sinners repent, praise God, the church joins heaven in celebrating that fact. In fact, we read it this way, two places. We see it in the story and then I'll get on with the observations. Notice these words, verse 24. What does, what happens? There's celebration, verse 23, because the son has returned. Notice the condition he was in. This son of mine was dead and has come to life. That's what happens when you repent of your sins and come back to God. He was lost and he's been found. That's the condition we're all in before we uh, come to the Lord. We're lost, but when we come back, we're found. And notice, they began to celebrate. Celebration is tied to sinners repenting of their sins. We live as the church on this earth. We've been left here to go on search and rescue so that others, millions more, might come to know Jesus Christ and there be great celebration here that ends up in eternal celebration in heaven round the throne. 
Number one, heaven praises, please notice first, the merciful grace of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ toward unrepentant sinners. Well, the son asks, and this is in verses 12 to, to 16. Summary again. The son asks for his inheritance. The father doesn't ask a lot of questions in this story. He simply divides the wealth between the two brothers and he gives him his money. He gives him his inheritance. And so what does he do? He goes on his way. He leaves his father, rejects his care. He blows all the money, blows all of his inheritance. He's in a foreign place. He's away from all of his family. He's poor. He's sent out to the fields to do hard work. Ends up feeding pigs. He's poor without any money. One of those sad phrases to me is uh, the condition we find in verse 16. No one was giving anything to him. Oh, today may we be reminded of the lostness of sinners in our world. You know, I'm concerned sometimes about the church and our attitude toward the lost. I'm concerned sometimes that we pray in such ways that we don't really care if lost people get saved. I'm so glad to know that someone cared that I got saved. I'm so glad to know somebody cared that you got saved. But somehow in the church today, it's as if we've become an elite group. Somehow there's some a strangeness about this idea of how we relate to the lost. As if we, we can't speak to them, as if we can't have any kind of relationship with them. This is not what the Lord intended, and this is not the way of the Lord Jesus. So today I ask you, when you turn on the news and you're all burned up and worried, when you turn on the movie or you turn on whatever it is, and you're confronted with the overt wickedness of our world on display, do you hate those people? Do you hate the way that they live? Do you hate them? Do you just pray, well, God will just burn them up and send them to hell? Does anything in your heart ache for these lost ones who are just like this man here? He left and he lost everything. He was without it all. And no one had any concern about him. Surely that won't be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And surely that won't be First Baptist Church. We say that we are here to follow Jesus to love one another and to tell the world, lost people who are all around us about the Lord Jesus. Well, we see something here though of the merciful grace of God toward unrepentant sinners. I wanna remind all of, my, uh, all of my believing brothers and sisters here that one time you experienced the mercy of God's grace when you were a lost person. And what I mean by that is, he gave you life. He lets you live another day. All around us are millions of people who God has granted them another day of life. They're lost in their sins. They live for wickedness. They live for godlessness. They don't care about God. They're not going to show up at the church house. They're not going to pick up and read their Bible. They're chasing every kind of thing. They're into all kinds of crazy relationships, sexual and perverted and otherwise. They're consumed with themselves and their own desires. And yet the merciful grace of God, the merciful grace of God is kind to them. Give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 107, for He is good. You see, God is good even to those who do not praise Him, follow Him, love Him, care about Him. 
You see, this is the picture we have of this boy. The father gave him what he wanted, but there's a, there's a mercy in this. The father hasn't turned his back and left him, but here we see. What did the Lord say about this kind of grace? The Lord is kind to ungrateful and evil men. So he told us as believers, pray for those who hate you. Pray for those who abuse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you, users, abusers, haters. Pray for them all. Love them. Because the Lord has done the same. He sends the rain on the just and the... When it rained here in Dixon, it didn't just rain on the fields and the houses of righteous people. It poured rain on everybody. There is a merciful grace that God gives to all. And you and I, before we bowed the knee and confessed Jesus, you lived, you lived a day of your life, day after day, under the merciful grace of God. Don't ever forget it. Secondly, heaven praises the patient grace of Jesus Christ toward repenting sinners. You see, what's heaven praising? The grace of God through Jesus Christ. What heaven is about is praising the grace of God through the Lord Jesus. Now follow me. So the son comes to his senses. You saw it there. It took him being out in the pig sty. Why anybody would want pigs around their house, I have no idea. But anyway, some people do. They stink, they're pitiful, they're nasty as can be. And some of you people eat that stuff. Now, I don't know if you understand that either. So this son comes to his senses and he remembers his father's care and he determines to go back. And what does he say? He says, I will get up and go to my father and I will say this, I have sinned. You see, the patient grace of God waits for the sinner to say, I have sinned. And in this room are those who have repented of their sins to be saved. And we continue to live a life of repentance. You see, the Lord's patient in here with some Christians who've gone away from God. You're under the patient grace of God. Oh, you've been saved, but you've wandered away. Your heart isn't filled with the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you're back in the flesh. You, you're attracted to things and you've got pet sins and secret things you do that you don't think God does knows, but you're doing them to His face. He sees everything. He knows all your thoughts. He knows where you're going. He knows the lies you're telling. You see, the reality is that a life of repentance reveals the grace of God. The grace of God is seen in the repentance of people. This son says, I'm going to get up, go to my father. This is verse 17. And I'm going to say to him, I'm not worthy to be called your son. So the son gets up. He gets up and notice in verse 20, what a beautiful phrase. Oh, this is important. Now, mark this. Stay with me. He got up and he came to his father. But while he was a long way away, his father saw him coming and he felt compassion and he got up. The, 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 the repenting son got up and the father got up and they met in reconciliation. That's the grace of God. When you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Some of you today need to put aside some of the things that have caused you great damage in your spiritual life. You see, if you're away from God, that, 
that you don't want to pray. If you're away from God, you have no desire to read your Bible, much less hardly to go to church. And you certainly don't have any interest in telling anybody else about Jesus. You see, here's reconciliation. Here's the mystery of all time. Some try to figure it out. It's the mystery of God. It is grace and mercy. We get up and come to God and He comes to us. It is reconciliation. We get up, He comes to us. The grace of God. We are saved by the grace of God. And every person who hears my voice today, you were saved by a God who was patient with His grace towards you, waiting for you to repent. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Oh, how He wants to come in. You ever heard that song? Well, some people don't like that song. But you see, that's the patient grace of God. Why, God shouldn't have to wait on anything. But you see, the patient grace of God waits. Now, Brother Ken, he needs to work on his throwing his line out there. But anyway, besides that, Brother Ken made a good point. You see, you fish, you wait. You fish, you wait. Well, I told them about Jesus, but they didn't get saved. Well, okay. <laughs> then maybe wait. Maybe talk to them again. Maybe plead with them. Maybe beg them. Do, maybe become like an irritant to them. That you, Oh, here they see you coming. Oh no, they're going to come talk to me about Jesus. Praise God. You wait. You wait. You tell them. I remind us all today of what Paul said in Romans 2.4. Do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness, God's kindness and patience, knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance? Romans 2.4, if you need the verse. The kind patience of God waits for this sinner. And what do we see here? Here's the beauty. This happened in your life one day. You got up and came to Jesus, and Jesus came to you. You were saved. And you've never been the same. Quickly, heaven praises the saving grace of Jesus Christ toward repentant sinners. So the Father watches, they reconcile. This picture of saving grace takes place. And then the Father describes, to the, uh, describes the condition of what's happened to this repentant sinner. You know what happened to you when you became a believer? You came out of your deadness and you came back to life. There was... There was new eyesight. There was new, your voice sounded different. You looked different. I've shared with you about the story of our friend, Pat, my friend Willie, who lived across the street, who was a godless man, a criminal, a murderer, who came to know the Lord. We were in this little Baptist church preaching. And when Willie got saved, the people didn't want him coming to church. They were worried about him. Willie got saved and he came in. Why, Willie didn't even look the same. He looked like a man who was a changed man yeah, because he was dead in his sins. He believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he came to life. And when you came to know the Lord, you came to life. All of a sudden you feel new things. All of a sudden you don't want to do the... And you were lost and had no idea where you were going. But all of a sudden now you're found and you're on your way to heaven. And while I'm on this, now we come back to heaven. So they're celebrating going on, friends. They're celebrating. Do we as a church celebrate as we should those who come to know the Lord Jesus and repent of their sins? You see, heaven 
you're headed toward the eternal happy place. You're headed to heaven, the eternal place of joyfulness. You see, there is joy in heaven over one sinner. What is it? There's joy over the grace of God that allows even one to come to know the Lord. Heaven is the place of eternal celebration and joyfulness. You see, there's singing, there's music, there's worship, there's honor, there's glory. Why the angels in heaven, Paul teaches us, they look at us as a church and they're amazed from heaven at the glory and grace of God and salvation that comes to the church. They, Peter says that they stoop to look at, they, they're trying to understand the angels, the glory of salvation and the grace of God, all of these things in heaven and the happiness and joyfulness of heaven. I read it to you, Revelation 21, 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Have you ever cried? What caused you to cry? Oh, this world is filled with tears. Filled with tears. The long, as long as we live, the longer we live, sometimes the more we cry. He wipe away every tear. There will no longer be any death. How, how many more? How many more in our church have gone to heaven? We've gone to the graveside with them. We've sat with their families. While I've been here uh, in my years, it's hundreds of people. Hundreds and hundreds of families and people. And we say goodbye at the grave. You see, there'll be no longer any death. And there'll be no longer be any mourning. There'll be no longer any sorrow and crying and pain. The first things will have passed away. You see, this is the blessedness of the place of celebration and eternal joyfulness. And I remind you, God Himself is happy eternally with Himself. You see, the reason why this... Uh, passage is so important about understanding the nature of God. God doesn't need us to be happy. He is eternally satisfied with Himself. He is gloriously sufficient in Himself. He is, so this is the grace of God that's bringing this happiness to heaven. The happiness of heaven comes from the happiness of God. And what did the Lord say? He says that the Holy Spirit, and this is important, the Holy Spirit, before you get to heaven, gives you a little bit of joy down here that gets you ready for all the joy that eternally is yours in heaven. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move away from all of this sorrow and sadness. I'm ready to step aside from it. I'm ready to live my life to the fullest, fully alive, a new creature in Christ, ready, found, knowing where I'm going and on the way going my way, searching, seeking those who are lost, bringing them to Jesus and celebrating with them. What would happen if you befriended one of the most wicked people in this community that everybody knows about and they became a Christian? Would you be shy to associate with them? Well, one day Barnabas, the uh, disciple, had to come alongside Paul, who'd been a real problem to the church. Nobody wanted to get around him. Peter didn't want to associate with him. John, what happened? Barnabas brought him along and introduced him, and they celebrated together. Look, folks, there's nothing we celebrate that's greater than those who have been dead in their sins coming to life, and we get to have a part 
in their life. People celebrated when you came to know Christ and many of them still do to this day. So what do we remember? God's kindness provides the chance for repentance. I've said it already. The grace of the Lord Jesus accepts sinners who repent of their sinfulness. But here it is. Heaven celebrates the grace of God that saves sinners. Worthy is the Lamb. This is it now. I'm finishing. Heaven celebrates. Heaven celebrates the grace of God that saves sinners through Jesus. Heaven is filled with millions and millions and millions of those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as we read in the Word of God. The angels, millions and millions and myriads and myriads in a place we cannot imagine around the throne of God in a place of eternal joy and happiness because of the Lamb of God, the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to the land of happiness and gladness that will never be, that will never cease, that will never end. But there is another land, a land of torment, pain, and regret forever called the place of hell. And those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ do not go to the place of eternal happiness and joyfulness. To celebrate, they go to the place of perishing forever. Because they will not believe. What will stir us to go to somebody else who's without Jesus and talk to them? What else do you need to know? When you look in the eyes of another person who rejects and does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, just remember what the Bible says. That person will die and perish forever. If that does not bother nor stir you, you need to look at your own heart. You need to consider in your own life why your soul is not moved. And this is why Dave sang last week, do you really care? Do you know how to share with people everywhere? Do you really care? Will you take the dare? Spread good news everywhere. The cross of Christ to bear. Do you really care? First Baptist Church, do you really care? We come up here. We do this every week, every day, all the time. Some of us are at the church house more than we're anywhere else. Do you really care? We come up here, but when we go out there, do we care? This is what we think about today. This son of mine was dead and has come to life. He was lost and he's been found. And they began to celebrate. What makes church sweeter is when there are more sinners with us who've been saved just like us by the grace of God. Amen. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door, we pray, come Lord Jesus.